we've listened to a lot of hymn hall about that. You know, in all the years that I've been doing this, I hadn't been spit on yet. It's probably best I don't. <laughs> but uh, I hadn't been spit on yet, and I, and I hadn't had nobody. Well, I've had a little bit of cussing here and there, which was, you know, no big deal. You know, you get used to it after a little bit. But more than that, that I don't even, honestly, I don't even remember. I don't keep up with that stuff. More than anything, the things that stick out in my mind were the people who responded. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. And and we're in such a culture today that um, the church has come to a place to where there's a lot of people involved in on the inside. And I appreciate it if you're involved on the inside church ministries. We greatly need people to serve. But my question would be is, where are you involved on the outside? Because the Lord didn't send us to the church. He sent us into the world. He sent us out to where lost people are. And we, y'all know as well as I do, we live in a culture where you don't got to go out and stand on the corner with a Bible and shout at people with drive by in cars. That's awkward. You'll probably never see me do this and that unless the Lord just wants to tell me to, and it has to be pretty audible. But but you have people around you every day. You, you, you'll probably have people this last week during the holidays and friends and family that should see such a difference in you and a hope in you. You know, I encourage you, when people start ragging on all that's going on in the world and the politics and all that stuff, as God's people, we have a hope. We don't have to get caught up in that. We speak hope and we speak life, and people see that in you and want to know what that is, and that my hope is Jesus. He is. I don't get caught up in the gloom and doom and everything's going on. I really honestly don't even know what's going on in the world you know, as far as all that stuff goes, I, I want to know what's going on in God's world, and I want to bring people to that, and I encourage you to say this. You've got about three days to the end of the year, and you can share the gospel. Don't let this year go by without sharing the gospel with somebody. You know, even if you have to write a letter to somebody or share a note, or but, you know, the main thing is really easy to to talk about the Lord and what he's done in your life. and. And how he saved you and, and let him let him have that. So with this, looking at probably one of the greatest evangelists of all time, Jesus said of John the Baptist, there is none greater than John the Baptist. And John the Baptist, if you study his life, he gives us, us rednecks a lot of hope. You know, a lot of people think that you have to have a Bible scholar or be a Bible scholar and have, you know, a, a seminary education, all that to share uh, the gospel, to evangelize. And obviously that's not true. But you do have to spend time with Jesus and in his word and, and to know the Lord. And so looking in John chapter, uh, or I mean, I'm sorry, Luke chapter 4, I'm going to start off in verse, or no, I'm sorry, I told you wrong, Luke chapter 3. I didn't write my chapter down. Luke chapter 3 and verse 1, it says, Now in the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate being governor of Judea, Herod being tetrarch of Galilee, his brother Philip tetrarch of Ituria in the region of Trachonitis and Lysanias, the Tetrarch of Abilene, that's not Texas. While Annas and Caiaphas were high priests, the word of God came to John. Notice what it says, the word of God, the word of the Lord came to John, the son of Zacharias, whereat in the wilderness, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the remission of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, saying, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places or the rough ways smooth. And all the flesh shall see the salvation of God. Giving you some quick background on John the Baptist. 
John the Baptist had uh, was a, of a miraculous birth uh, between uh, Zacharias and Elizabeth. He was raised as a Nazarene. I'm not going to go into the details of all this. But here's the thing. John the Baptist was raised in the wilderness area around about the Jordan there. He was not schooled like Paul was by Gamaliel, you know, in the higher education of religion and those things. He wasn't at the temple all the time. He was pretty much like a lot of people here. He stayed out in the woods in the area that he grew up. And he didn't grow up, you know, like Paul did. Now, I want you to get this. Jesus said, there's none greater in the kingdom than John the Baptist, okay? So he elevated him to a place of great honor, okay? But when you also look at Paul, who would be his educational opposite, man, God used Paul to write most of the New Testament. I mean, just immensely used Paul. And so in this, funny how me and my wife was talking about some of this yesterday before I studied it, and God really encouraged me in this, in the fact that, here's the thing, God has different plans, and he has different ways of getting to and reaching different people. And in order to do that, he's got to have different kind of people. You know, there's not one kind of person who can be a preacher or one kind of person who can share the gospel. You understand that? There, there are people like John the Baptist who, who you've been, you know, raised in the country or raised out here and you haven't been to a school or had a higher education when it comes to the things of God's word and all that stuff. And, and I haven't, to be honest with you. You know, I'm kind of backwoods, but, but that doesn't say let your ignorance be magnified. I study God's word and we should all study God's word and walk with the Lord. Okay, understand that? And so here's the thing. Just because you don't know everything doesn't mean God can't use you. You understand that God can use you in a mighty way. You don't have to listen to the world tell you, well, if you don't have this amount of degrees or this many years, you know, under your belt, then God can't use you. That's not true. You know, because when you love Jesus, you walk with the Lord. One of the things that, that the higher educated religious people of the day noticed about Peter and John said when they, when they heard that they were ignorant and unlearned, they could tell that they had been with Jesus. And so, and, and here's the thing. I'm not knocking people of higher education. I'm gratefully thankful that I have so many people that I look to who are on a way higher level than I am that feed me and that encourage me and that challenge me with God's word. But here's the thing. Just because you're not like one or the other doesn't mean that God doesn't use you or can't use you. God's willing and can use anybody who's willing to go, Lord, I just want to reach the world. I just want to reach. And you'll notice that when... When, when the word of the Lord came to him, okay, when the word of the Lord came to him, what did he do? He got up and he took what God had brought to him and he went out into the region. Where at? Where he was raised. Where he had run around as a kid throwing rocks at lizards and fishing in the water holes of the Jordan or whatever it was he did. He didn't have to go to a far, far country. And so many people, and I'm not just talking about preachers, but if you're here and, you know, maybe God's dealing with you about ministry and preaching, we always get the, we always want to get the idea of, you know, because I think where the world is projected at, or the devil likes to put fear in our hearts, you know what, if I surrender to preaching, I might have to move far, far away. I might have to go to another country. I might have to leave everything here and go to another town. And honestly, I thought that. I thought, man, if I surrender to preach, you know, I'm going to have to leave home. And then, and I actually tried to go by that pattern, and God brought me back home. And I'm thankful, you know, that I'm, I preached to the place where I grew up. And, uh, you know, it's very humiliating in a lot of ways, but you get past it and you work through it. And here's the thing. When people see all of the, 
of the mistakes and the stupid things that you've done in life. Let them see the change that Jesus has made in you and see the power of God's grace. And it's a testimony of who the Lord is. And so understand that, that some people are prepared through higher education. Some people are prepared through life experiences. God prepares people through your personal studies. But every one of us, if you, if you walk with the Lord and if you're a born again believer, that should be the very character that you display. I follow Jesus. I walk with Jesus. Why do you do that? Because I believe he's the Christ. Because I believe he's the son of God. Because he's my savior. Okay? And so in that, you can't make that excuse of why you don't share the gospel. Is because you need to learn more and learn more and learn more. Take what God has given you. And if you're a born again believer, you have to have some kind of understanding how you got saved. You didn't just show up at church and go, Whoo! you know, and it happened. You know, so you ought to be able to say, you know, I don't know about everybody else, but this, you know, I heard God's word. The Holy Spirit convicted me of truth. I recognized I was a sinner. I repented and trusted in Jesus. I called upon the Lord, trusted in him. And you know what? God saved me. I've seen God change in my life. I, I, I have a new desires in my heart. I love the Lord. I, I try to live by God's word and I see the power of God in my life and, and let him have it. You don't got to be like, all right, now let me wrestle you down here and force you to pray. Don't do all of that. You know, let them wrestle with God's spirit will take you from there. You know, he'll take care of the wrestling. You don't got to wrestle nobody, you know, down to the front of the church because it doesn't do no good if you do. Then you look in verse 4 through 6. And we're just doing kind of a Bible study this morning. Looking 4 through 6, you'll see that he prophesied. Isaiah prophesied back in Isaiah chapter 40, if you want to look at it later. He prophesied of of John the Baptist and his ministry. And he said, is the voice of one. I want you to notice one thing that stood out to me was crying in the wilderness. Crying in the wilderness. And that we need some crying in the wilderness today. We've got a lot of crying from the pulpit and crying out in the churches and crying in conferences and crying in all these, you know, church get-togethers. But the wilderness, the world is the ones who need to hear it. You know, I think we've lost view of, of Jesus' whole purpose a lot of ways in the church because we do all these real churchy things. And, and especially in the United States of America, we're all about, you know, getting together and, and being one and doing all this stuff. Saying, you know, some of those things might have their places. But ultimately, if all we do is get together and all we do is, you know, fellowship and all we do is go to conferences and, and we read a bunch of books and we share all these verses with God's people, I'm thinking, what about the lost? That's why we're in the predicament that we're in right now is because in the past, God's people have not taken the word of God out into the place where lost people are. And we've made a lot of excuses and come up with a lot of things that make us feel better about it. But you know what? Lost people are still lost. Here's the thing. I know by all means that sharing the gospel is difficult. I'm not one who goes out every day and beats the paths like um, Ray Comfort and those kind of... uh, Admire those kind of men who do that. I'm not projecting that I do those things. I struggle just like you to talk to people about Jesus. I, I'm terrible at talking to strangers. And I and one of the things that maybe will help you that has helped me, I pray. I pray a lot about, you know, God, please just give me the opportunity. Please bring somebody in my pathway to where I can get past my awkwardness with people and I can share the gospel and those kind of things. And, and so to here, here to tell you, it's not like I go out like, man, this is so easy. It's not. There's nothing easy about it. But here's the thing that I learned over the years that, that, that helped me a lot. I can make my excuse to go, you know what, I'm just not a people person. I'm not a talker. It makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't like being rejected. I don't know everything about the Bible. I can make all those other excuses and go, wow, I feel better. But lost people are still lost. 
they're still going to die and go to hell. That's the point. And you've got to come to the place where you go, it's not about me. It's not about the way I feel, how their response is, how I look, if I say everything in an eloquent way, you know, and, and those kind of things. I've got to decide, do I really, number one, believe the truth of the gospel? Do I really believe people are going to die and go to hell if they don't trust Jesus? And do I, do I believe that Jesus is the answer and I've got to love those people enough to overcome all my fears and all my excuses to go, I've got to say something. And, 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 and I, I'm be honest with you, you know, I kind of, I'm doing a lot of confessing this morning, but I honestly kind of go back and forth with that. I wrestle with it at times, and then God will bring me back to a place to go, you know what? And I always ask this question to myself. When's the last time that I shared the gospel with somebody outside of a church setting that I, that I loved somebody enough to share the gospel with? And I can look back, and there's times where I go, man, it's been a month. It's been two months. Like, you're a preacher. Yeah, right. You're a Christian. Get over it. You know what I'm saying? Same one saved me, saved you. All right. Just because you're a preacher don't make you all of a sudden where you got more requirement. You got the same requirement I do. He didn't say preachers going to the world. He said my people going to the world. And so I'm just being honest with you. Don't crucify me, but I do struggle, but I do come to the point where I go, I, I can't stand that. I will, I refuse to just accept and go, well, you know, people don't want to hear it and I'm, I'm not good at talking. Like, all right, I got to figure out some way. I don't know how it's going to be, but I have to figure out some way that works for me so that I can share Jesus with people. And I, I found out, you know, honestly, evangelism is a whole lot of God and a little bit of you. If you pray and seek the Lord, the Holy Spirit brings people in your life, brings opportunities to you. All you got to do is hide God's word in your heart and the Holy Spirit will be like, hey, remember what you studied? Say this right now. <clears throat> Let me share something with you real quick. It's not my message. I'm not even going to finish all my message today. But um, this week, um, holidays throw me off on my studies and, and because I get out of a pattern. And, and uh, so this week, you know, I kind of got off and I didn't spend as much time studying. I'd read here and there, and then there was a day or two there where I didn't read at all. And uh, y'all, it's a terrible pastor. Anyhow, uh, as, I, as I went through the week and I started coming to the end of the week, uh, you know, I, I, Jake called. He was supposed to preach this morning. He just dropped the ball. And... Uh, <laughs> And he said, man, I'm sick. I got the flu. I said, I got it. I'll take it. And uh, then, you know, I've got Sunday school. And then this evening I got a funeral. So all of a sudden it was like, all right, I got a lot of stuff to prepare for. And just, again, confessing and being honest with you, um, it was, this was Thursday that uh, I was going to go in and sit down and do my Sunday school. I was going to study and, and write down some notes and this. But it was about 4 o'clock in the evening. I'd been working some that day and, and taking care of stuff. And that's what I am. I'm a doer and a worker. And so for me to sit down at 4 in the evening, and, and to try to just focus and study, that's not natural for me. It's not natural for me at all. It totally goes against who I am. And, and so I was just, I'm going to be honest with the Lord. I was like, Lord, I am forcing myself to sit here. I would, I, I, if you ask me what I want to do, I would rather go out and take care of this or do that or work. And then really early in the mornings, that's when I like to do my studying before everything gets going in the day. I could tell you all my weaknesses and maybe you can identify with some of that. And, uh, or nothing else, pray for me. But anyhow, I sat there and I told the Lord, I said, so I'm really struggling to sit here, God, but I do want to, you know, surrender that to you, God, and I, and, and I want to uh, hear you. And I study in a very familiar passage of Scripture. We're in Exodus, Exodus chapter 11, 12 over the Passover. And so even in that, I thought, what am I going to learn new? I've been studying this for 20 years. And, you know, it was basically it was the devil going, you don't need to study. You don't need to study. And I was like, I'm going to study. I'm going to spend some time with the Lord. And so I started praying, and what was awesome was I started studying, and all of a sudden it's like God started speaking to me, showing me things that I hadn't seen in 20 years. I was like, man, this is good. And, and I was writing these things down, writing these things down, 
And then after I'd studied there for a little bit, I wasn't finished studying, but then God just brought somebody to my mind. I went, call that person. And I was like, all right. And so I picked up the phone. I called this person, and he's a friend of mine. And uh, and I was asking him how he's doing. I didn't know what I was going to talk to him. I was asking how he's doing, what's going on. And and then all of a sudden, he started opening up with some things that he had going on. And and what was awesome was what I shared with him was exactly what I just wrote down. I mean, it was perfect for what he needed. And I was like, let me tell you what I just read in God's word. And I shared that with him. And Kristen was actually in her bedroom. My office is right there. And she's like, Dad, that was good. She was listening. She's like, Dad, that was good, you know, that you shared that with him. And, and so I was sharing this with him. And the dude, uh, what was cool is, and he's not a crier by no means, but he started crying. He's like, man, you don't know how how important it was that you called me at this moment to speak that to me. I was like, and I started saying, God will take you to where you're real disquiet. The devil's going to fight it every day.
those first. Time to go through two. That's what sin does. We just live naturally. We sin naturally. That's our nature. John was saying, in order for you to do these things, and there are some people who can like, for a little while you can be moral, but then they go back to doing what's natural. It's because salvation is supernatural. And so these people who are looking at this, the only time they were like,
the red cross uh, battle in the board. I don't want to be there. I don't care nothing about it. Just no, if I want to see that, great. But I want to see Jesus be the first thing. I want to see the second Let's have a word of prayer. <coughs> Lord, I love you, and I thank you so much for loving us, God. Just amazed at a love with that, that I don't know if we'll ever comprehend how great it is. Thank you, Jesus, that you went to the cross for sinners. Lord, I thank you that you saved us by your grace, and it's not something we have to do or try to accomplish because we'd never make it. Lord, but you made it for us, and I thank you, Jesus, you fought our battle. God, I just pray that if there's somebody here today that doesn't know you, Lord, right where they are, God, let them just know with their heart. I trust you, Lord. Give their life to you today, Lord. See your great love for them, God, and they just be transformed, Lord, and want to love you back. God, as your people, Lord, let us stop listening to the voice of the liar, being intimidated by him, God, but let us with boldness and courage take the gospel to the world. God, I pray you bring people into our pathway this week, today. Lord, you would just speak to our hearts and give us the things you want us to share with those people that you do a miraculous work through this church. We thank you, Lord, you hadn't put us to the side. God's people saved this year, and we rejoice for your glory over that. Lord, it's nothing that we do. We haven't done anything. And God, we pray as we go into another year, Lord, we go into it with a fervent heart. She would give us a love in our heart, God, for lost people, not just a few, but every one of them, Lord. God, 